I hate LeBron James. When God created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did was yell at the referee. But first, some Alright, welcome back in. Top four draft. Mike Anthony with the number one overall pick this week on episode 153. We're going to do the top four, our top four favorite Cinderella stories um, or Cinderella teams in NCAA March Madness history. Uh, so, Mike, do we need to clarify any rules here? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I was going back and forth between, you know, I think it's kind of subjective as to what constitutes Cinderella, but to each their own. It could be just how big of one upset there could be, or how deep a team could go that was continually beating uh, better seeded teams. But I, I, I don't, I wouldn't throw up a red flag to anything i mean who whoever you think's a cinderella is a cinderella right yeah i think i mean you have to at least win a game for sure oh yeah 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 you can't be a cinderella just for making it yeah exactly because there have been like you know like this week's the anniversary of that 2008 georgia team when the tornado hit the georgia dome right and that i mean that team had no business in any sort of postseason uh, but yeah, they lost got, to Xavier in the first round. But, like, that's a great story, but they don't qualify, you know? Yeah, you got, what, Texas Southern this year? I think they've got, like, 15 wins all season, but they yeah. won their tournament. But that doesn't count unless they go on a run now. Right, right. And we are the definitive source for that. So we will tell you if you're a Cinderella or not. Um, and all but, I can tell you is that all the teams that I plan on picking definitely did win a game. Me too. Me too. Every one of my teams made at least a Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I can – you know what? There, there we go. There's our jumping off point. We're in agreement because I don't have anybody that just won one game. So how many so, – let me ask you this. Maryland, Baltimore County, get, get the hell out of here. You're the first <laughs> 16 team to, to win it, but you didn't win two, so get out. That sucks for them too. I mean, they'll always be remembered for that win, but like, – Oh, Absolutely. Man, you got to take advantage of that, it feels like. All right, so I have – I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, I only have six teams written down. Okay. So, you know, I'm hoping you don't take a lot of these picks. You, you get to start with the number one overall pick, so I'll, I'll... Yeah, great minds think alike. I've got six as well. I can go to the well if I need to, but okay. I also have six that I like. Okay, just don't pick any of mine, and go ahead. Your number one overall pick. <laughs> no promises on the first part, but, uh, yeah, with my number one pick uh, – you know, looking for teams that won multiple games, looking for the lowest seeds. And I don't think we need to go farther back than about, ooh, I don't know, 11 and a half months. I'm a peacock, baby. You got to let me fly. St. Peter's, only 15 seed to ever get to the Elite Eight last year. Great pick. Great pick. Knocked out I Kentucky mean, in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, you beat a Blue Blood. First 15 seed to win more than two games. Uh uh, they've got the ambiguity factor because nobody knows where St. Peter's is. You don't know where St. Peter's is. 
They've got a crazy ass mascot. They, they've got it all. They had when, when they made that run, Mike, it, all the stories came out, you know, all the Tom Rinaldi uh, stories, all the uh, good think pieces. Yeah, right, right. And, and they showed their gym, like their home gym in the locker rooms, and they were interviewing other teams and players that had played them in their conference. And they said it was the worst gym in the conference that you were basically in like a, like a science classroom was the visiting locker <laughs> locker room, <laughs> which, which is just so funny to think that they beat Kentucky and they don't have enough money for a visitor's locker room. We're, we're trying to set up our trap and everything, but we also do have an eight o'clock astronomy lab coming in. So uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe get those X's and those set up and get out of here. All right, good pick. St. Peter's 2022. That's Mike's number one overall pick. Give me, Mike, number two overall pick, my number one pick. Give me the 2018 Loyola Chicago Ramblers, baby. Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago as an 11 seed. The power uh, of Christ compelled them. Yes. I liked this team from the very beginning, not even the very beginning of the tournament. I mean, I didn't like them to go to the final four. Let me be clear about that. But they played in the Savannah Invitational in the same field as Georgia Southern, in the same field as FAMU. Um, and there was one other team there that weekend in Savannah. It was the first Invitational at the Civic, at the old Civic Center. I was um, there. Uh, yeah, okay. So Loyola Chicago played that week. And I was like, man, this team is like, really 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 good mm -hmm. they have a bunch of scores and they were big they could shoot it from the outside like they made free throws i think they committed in that game they committed three total fouls and i came mm -hmm. away thinking like holy shit this team is unreal and then when they made the tournament i was like oh man i'm definitely picking them to win in round one so i did pick them to win in round run and then obviously did not pick them to go to the final four but lyola chicago that was a that was an awesome run and sister jean got she took advantage of her 15 minutes of fame. It's been more than that. She's still kicking. She's like 103 now, I think. I know. She's old as shit, man. Yeah. And that's the other thing with that Loyola Chicago team. Not only did they upset teams, but they were doing it in dramatic fashion. Like the three games they won, or four games they won, they won by like a combined 10 points. Yeah, that, that's one of the stats. Good stat poll. They had three wins in a row. Uh, by two or fewer points, which is insane. I mean, how how does a hundred year old live through all that? Uh, by praying. Yeah, there you go. All right, second round, your number three pick. All right, I am going to go with. Uh, you know, I think that we can both agree that we've seen more Cinderella teams winning, or at least lower seeds winning recently. Mm -hmm. And I think it's due to the fact that you know, about what fifteen years ago, we started the one and done. So you've got these, you know, traditional powers, your Dukes, your Kentuckys, your Kansases, and they can basically assemble an all-star team of guys who are going to be great. They might win you a title, but their mind's always about 12 months ahead to when they're going to sign a million-dollar contract. So you've seen these teams that are not better than the biggest teams, the one seeds, the two seeds, but if you've got some competent guys who you can grow – you can turn into a good solid core that can stick together for two or three years. Those are the guys that make a deep run. And I think the, the front runner, the forebearer of all that was the 2006 George Mason yep. team. Yep. That's number one on my board. I thought, I could and, that, and that's exactly who they were beating the entire time were these established schools 
that all of a sudden were relying on one or two guys that had no interest in going to class, no interest in learning the offense, just wanted to score their points, elevate their draft stock, and nine times out of ten, that was enough to win, but they ran up against the George Mason team that had like four or five seniors that had all been together, and they just didn't crack for, what, five games. Do you remember um, Do you remember who they lost to in the Final Four? Uh, they lost to Florida, I believe. Which was also a team that had five seniors or, like, you know, had built their program. Obviously, those guys were, like, four and five stars, but they had stayed around, you know, that, that uh, I think they won an O. Five and oh six or oh six and oh seven. But that own. was the that was the uh first year of their back to back. Okay. They the were first ten, year. They were a low seed that year and then they were a one seed the next year when they completed it back to back. Joaquin Noah. Yep. Al Horford. Man, that team was loaded. Uh Mike Miller. Mike Miller. Good shooter. Um mm-hmm. a real gym rat? If you're if you're a white redheaded kid, can you be anything other than a workhorse, a gym rat, and a good shooter? <laughs> yeah, or Brian Scalabrini, which is maybe a, a, a glue guy, perhaps. Yeah, second coach on the floor. That's right. Okay, let's pause for a second and talk about Savannah's number one real estate agent, John Carr. John Carr Real Estate with Seaport Real Estate in Savannah is a sponsor here on the Hawkers Podcast. And he is your guy if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Savannah area. Call him or text him today, 912-228-0916, 912-228-0916, or find John Carr on Facebook if you want to learn more about the real estate market in the area, what your options are. If you want to buy or sell, John can help you out. He's a Savannah native, knows the area like the back of his hand. And he's won like a thousand awards for being such a good real estate agent. Uh, if there was a, a Hot Grits Podcast Real Estate Agent of the Year, John Carr would be three-time champ of that award. So call him, text him today, tell him we sent you. 912-228-0916. Uh, good pick, man. Fuck you. Good pick. Um, all right. Second round here. Fourth overall. This is tough, dude, because I don't – I mean, it's just the same old story, dude. You got to pick one that I think you're going to pick so as to not lose it. Um, give me 2010, 2011. Give me 2011 VCU. Uh, so okay. That's, that's – um, Chaka Smart. Chaka Smart. A little stat for you. Uh, they became – I think this is correct. They became the first team – to win five games in the NCAA tournament without winning a national title. Yeah, that, that was the first year that they did the first four with the not just the 16 seed play in, but the 11 seed. Right. They, the they were in the 11 seed play in and they got the whole way to the final four. Yeah, which was sick. And that was uh, also, you know, the coming out party for Shaka Smart, which led to him being, you know, a really, really hot name on the coaching carousel. Went to, Texas and now is at Marquette. Marquette, a lot of people think this year um, has Final Four potential. But I just remember that team, that VCU team, how fast they played. They pressed oh, yeah. the whole game. Fred Van Vliet. Um, I mean, they, they were just really, really, really good. Um, and it was a you know another example of a program type of coach that 
had guys there for two to three years and, and Virginia Commonwealth. I mean, come on. Nobody knew what that was until that run. Fred Van Vliet, notorious non-friend of officials. Wow, man. He cost himself. Did you see that money. last week? Yeah, dude. <laughs> he was like, I don't give a damn, dude. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Called him out by name, too. Like, you might as well have just had the checkbook out on the press conference table. Like, just you tell me when to stop writing zeros because I'm not going to stop playing <laughs> F-bombs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so VCU, number four overall pick. Number five overall pick for you, Mike, third round. Oh, man. All right. Uh, man, I got two good ones here. I know you're never going to guess my fourth one. Uh, let's go. Mm. I'm going to go with the dramatic angle here. I'm going to go with 1990 Loyola Marymount. Wow, two Loyolas make the cut. Yep, yep, two Loyolas, yep. Uh, that was, uh, not only did they get to the Elite Eight, uh, they had to run into the eventual, no, not, I don't know, I don't think UNLV won it that year. I think that was the year before they won it. But they lost to UNLV in the Elite Eight right when they were in their prime with Tarkanian and all them. Yeah. And, and the dramatic note, that was the year that they lost Hank Gathers. So they lost an All-American, like literally died on the court, and they still scored 120 points a game and made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yeah. Bo Kimball. He died Hank on the Gathers. court? Oh, my God. I thought last year we settled that you were almost as old as I am. You don't remember Hank Gathers? This was one year before I was born. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not hard. There's a 30 for 30 on it. What if I told you? Mm-hmm. Um, Literally no. died on the court that year. I did not know that. That's crazy. Roger, then, Goodell, Roger Goodell would have told them to play on. Because he was a lefty, uh, his best friend and fellow. I don't know if Bo Kimball was an All-American, but he was close to it. So the first free throw of every game, he would shoot it lefty, and I think he made pretty much all of them. That's crazy. I'm definitely looking that up. Um, all right, Loyola Marymount, 1990. That's why it gets a sentimental pick. <laughs> playing, playing to the heartstrings. Um, all right, third round, number six overall. I love this, dude. I love this value here. Give me 2013, Florida Gulf Coast University, Dunk City. That was Russell. that was that was what I was torn between on the last pick. Yes, yes, that's so big, dude. Okay, that's what she said. Florida Gulf Coast University, Dunk City. I just remember they had the perfect, perfect blend of scrappy white guy who wears the sleeves under his jersey. You mm -hmm. know, not the cutoff. Not oh the no, like the three quarter sleeve. baseball sleeves almost. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and it's just a Hanes T-shirt, white. Just tee. one big sweat stain. Yeah. Right. It, there's nothing dry fit about it. It's just a cotton t-shirt, boy. Um, they had a perfect mix of that and then also athletes. And then they would just, they would just like shoot from anywhere. Oh, yeah. Run and gun. I mean, they would play with like 30 turnovers a game, but it was they just did not, up and down. They did not outlast people. They did not outshoot people. They just embarrassed people. And I remember the next year that, um, because their coach, Andy Enfield, ended up taking the job at Southern Cal off of that run, essentially. Um, but I remember that the enrollment figures for FGCU went through the roof because no one knew that that school existed. And while they were making their run, which I think only went, I think they won two games. They won two. They were the first 15 seed to win more than one game. 
Okay, so while that was happening, so you get that basically after you win that second game, you get those five days, four days of being in the spotlight. And you and get the entire were, next week because you're playing the next weekend. That's true, yeah. And so, the, and so they get a lot of, you know, pub about their campus, and their campus was literally right on the Gulf, which was – Yeah, it's, it's you know, Fort Myers, right? Yeah, it was awesome. That's where the Red Sox do spring training. But it was, it was like – I want to say like their enrollment increased by almost fifty percent. Which well, is they were insane. only like ten or fifteen years old as an entire university at that point. Yeah, that's true. And that's um, journalism one hundred and one. That's one in the news cycle, man. I remember. I remember that they were saying that the every player on the team was older than the university, <laughs> which is which is. I mean, staggering. I'm pretty sure it was true. Yeah. All right. Um, final pick for you, dude. Number seven overall. All right. Well, right before we went to air, you were trying to take shots. You were trying to predict what I was going to uh, pick for, you know, one of my Cinderella's. And you know me, I'm a Philly guy. So you predicted, and you weren't totally wrong, that I might go with Villanova, famously uh, the lowest seed to to win the whole thing back in the day, Raleigh Massimino and them in 85. Yep. Uh, beating, uh, what was it, Five Slamma Jamma? No, no, that was, uh, who'd they beat in the... They beat NC State. Who'd they beat? I forget who they beat. I don't know. I don't remember who they beat. It was 85, but they shot, like, famously 85 90% in the second half. Oh, they, they, beat only missed, like, they beat Georgetown. It, you know, that sounds right. Georgetown, yeah, Georgetown lost they so many championship games. They called that game, like, the perfect, the perfect basketball game. It was. They only missed, like, two or three shots in the entire second half. And, and that was when Georgetown like was points. losing to MJ a couple years before. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, so you were on the right track. But you know me, uh, I am a Philly guy, but I'm going even more East Coast elitist bias while staying in Philly. I am going with 1979 U-Penn. Oh, boy. They are the only Ivy League team to ever make the Final Four. They beat North Carolina and Syracuse, two certified Blue Bloods on the way. And the only thing that stopped them was the eventual national champion, Michigan State, led by some guy you might have heard of named Irving. I've heard of him. That's a good pick. The Ivy League stat, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know that. Um, some people have called Florida Gulf Coast the Ivy League of the South. <laughs> the Ivy League of the uh, <laughs> the, the the Ivy of the uh, uh, Puka Necklace Conference. <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude. The, the Surf Shop League. <laughs> Bumper sticker, you. Um, all right, good pick. So you got St. Peter's 22, George Mason 06, Loyola Marymount 90, UPenn 75. See, you got 79, good diversity. 79. Here. 79, 79, 79. You got good diversity in terms of the years here. I, I like more, to mix it up, man. This is a recurring modern. trend here. Um, all right, Mr. Irrelevant pick, number eight overall. And then we'll get to some honorable Minchies. Give me the 08 Davidson Wildcats. Fuck Steph Curry. Don't say that. Davidson, 08, out of the SoCon, the mighty SoCon. Um, good team, a legendary player, obviously, in Steph Curry. And I'm picking him just because I remember going to see Steph Curry and this Davidson team that people were talking all about at a jam-packed Hanner Fieldhouse. <laughs> uh, when they came to play that year, Mike, and I, I don't know if you were at that game or if you remember that game. Would you like to hear a fun story about that game? 
can I tell you one before? It might be the so same. Yeah, go, yeah, it's your pick. You go ahead. You, you've got I'll never one. forget seeing Steph Curry warm up, seeing him go off in the first half. I mean, I don't remember what he had, but it was just like, you know, an easy 30, 35. Uh, Davidson won by probably like a dozen to 15 points. It was more what, than that, but yeah. <laughs> okay, but, but I mean, it wasn't like – like it wasn't ugly in the first half. It wasn't that bad. It was on its way. But it was on its way. Sure. What happened at halftime? I'll never forget. A Georgia Southern student comes out and, and they were doing the half court shot for, for something. I guess I think it was like an outrageous amount of money at the bookstore or something to that effect. And the kid makes the half court shot and Hanner Fieldhouse erupted. Erupted. And I just remember I was sitting because I didn't have a seat, man. Like, this place was packed. I was sitting in the aisle. And I just remember things were flying everywhere. Popcorn, sodas. Everything was going everywhere because this kid had made the shot. It was the loudest Hanner Fieldhouse got all day. And I'll never forget it. I loved it. Now, you tell me your story. All right. Well, first off, I'd like to apologize because this is your program. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy being a guest on it. But I'm about to walk all over and trample your story. No. First off, I can tell you that it was a, a $5,000 credit to the university store. Oh, my God. You remember I, it. I know that because I was on the university uh, sports marketing team that worked that game. Oh, my Christ. And you said it was jam-packed. It was almost jam-packed minus one person because the egregious hand-checking they were calling anytime anyone looked at Steph Curry so as to give him as many free shots as possible. Like, you, you couldn't get near him. They were just letting him shoot threes. And if anyone tried to defend, it was a foul. And, and that's what led to, I want to say he had 34 that day. And like you said, Georgia Southern hung in for a while. But it was clearly out of hand. Davidson was better regardless of who other than Curry they had on the floor. But the foul situation was stupid. It was just comical halfway through the second half. And it got to about a 20, 25-point Davidson lead. And I was standing on the baseline because that's where I was standing doing my job. And I was giving the refs a little bit of shit, like nothing to where you should stop the game. Just normal amounts of shit. Just some and then it started getting lopsided. And finally, when it got to like 10,000 to two at like the 10 minute mark of the second half, and it was totally out of hand. They finally called like two cheap hand checks on Davidson in a row. And it got to a media timeout. And the ref had to chase a ball right next to me. And I did a slow clap, like right in his ear. And he looked at me, give me what's all this about? And I just go to him. I go, sir, I just want to tell you, that's a ballsy fucking call to make in such a tight game. I'm glad you're not letting this get out of hand. And he tried to throw me out of the game. <laughs> How did you stay in the gym? Well, that's another funny second chapter to this story. He could have pointed at anybody. One of my colleagues, my boss who was standing right there, the athletic director, Sam Baker at the time, who could see everything that was going on. He could have asked any of them who I was or what my name was. And he points to the security guard who knew my face and knew that I didn't make trouble, but he also didn't know my name. <laughs> and he's like, who is this guy? I need you to get him out of here. And the security guy's like, you didn't do anything wrong. I saw the whole thing. And this ref is about to hold up the entire game. We're coming out of the media timeout. 
And I laugh at him. I'm like, you picked the one fucker in this entire room that doesn't know who I am. <laughs> you can't kick me out. Another call that he missed. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, top four, dude. Loyola, Chicago, VCU, Florida Gulf Coast, Davidson for me. Um, Mike has St. Peter's, George Mason, Loyola, Marymount, UPenn. Uh, you got some honorable mentions, Mike? I got, I got one. Um, I'll go with Wichita State. Okay, that's a good one. I forgot about them. They, 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 you know, a lot of people weren't surprised. They were an underdog, but a lot of people that really followed it weren't surprised that they got all the way to the Final Four. I went with them mostly for the fact that this was just maybe a little bit before uh, all the pictures and video really took hold on social media, your Twitters and your Facebooks and your whatnots. And the old heads running the CVS direction booth were thoroughly unaware of the connotations for the big foam shockers that were being shown time in and time out for two weeks straight. And that just made me laugh. That's funny. Sex jokes. Um, Do we count Butler 2010, 2011? I think you have to. They weren't a low seed. I think they were like an eight seed. So they went to the back-to-back Exactly. To me, that's what it is. Because there's one seeds that can't get to the final four two years in a row. And they did it as like an eight or a nine seed two years in a row. How did that Gordon Hayward half-court shot not go in? I don't care. I root for Duke. <laughs> Man, that thing. That I, thing I, will was... say, I will say that I about shit myself because I thought it was going down. Dude, it looks good. Though. It still looks good. Right now it, it looks it good. It hit the front of the rim. Like that was the, that was the exact way that you draw it up. You hit the glass, you hit the front of the rim, you get it to pop up in the air. Hopefully it drops straight down. It just didn't. Man, CBS really leaned into the Hoosiers, too, that year. I mean, they literally play, like, next door to where Hoosiers was from, so. Good point. Brad Stevens, too. Uh-huh. Great coach. What about, um, I, like, can we count UConn and Kimball Walker? Oh yeah, the what the year that they were I mean, they on the bubble to even make, make it, the and they had to. They basically had to win the Big East tournament to even get in, and then they went the whole way. Yeah, they won like if you count at the beginning of the Big East tournament, they won it was like twelve time. in a row. Yeah, it was like eleven or twelve in a row. But it's UConn. Like, I don't know if that qualifies. Yeah, it's right. Like, like North Carolina like, last year was not good. Exactly. Let's see, but. You know, like I told you, my alma mater is Georgia Southern. They're always number one, but since they're never in the tournament, you know, I shift to Duke. But that would be like this year where Duke's a five seed. No one's going to call them an underdog. Nobody believed in a Cinderella story if they somehow rattle it all. So yeah. I would I would probably have to scratch UConn, but that's not Kemba Walker's fault. Kemba Walker, he could be like a singular Cinderella dragging his team to a title. That's another good one is like individual players – that you'll never forget. Like, I, I would imagine Gordon Hayward's in there, Kimball Walker. Oh, and speaking of which, you know, you just talked about UConn and Kimball Walker and getting through the Big East. Do you remember, it would have been, what, the late aughts, like 2006 through 2010, where every single year the Big East tournament was just, it, it was it was more incredible than the actual national tournament. Oh, yeah, it was chaos. Like that, that Syracuse five overtime game where Jimmy McNamara just hit a three to end every single period. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I was literally just thinking about that. It was, uh, and that was like a, I want to say that was like a noon game and it ended like at like 5 p.m. 
I definitely remember watching it, and it was dark out by the time it ended. <laughs> Crazy, dude. Um, all right. Any, like, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess you could go back to the first time Gonzaga made yeah. it. Yeah. Would have been that would have qualified. They got all the way to the Elite Eight, uh, they, and they had a chance to win it. They were in it till the final 30 seconds. Yeah. And man, they just have never. I, I, I think they're the. There's a clear poster child for a mid-major literally playing its way out of that category into a blue blood. Oh, yeah. Gonzaga is, you know, probably within five years of of just becoming a blue blood forever. Well, yeah, they've gone, they've, they've, uh, they've surpassed Cinderella. And now, if anything, their moniker is the team that can't quite get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. They've been in the title game at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, you're right. Like um, no one, no one's going to be surprised if they're in the Sweet 16. No one's going to be surprised if they're in the Elite Eight. If they get that far, the the question is not how long can they keep it going. It's will this finally be the year? Like you know, yeah. you've made it when that's the shift. Like you're now in pre 2005 Phil Nicholson territory, where everybody knows that you're as good as it gets. It's just can you actually finish it? Well, Phil Nicholson not as good as it gets. Actually, not anymore. Not anymore. But you remember how it was. He was never better than Tiger. I mean, never. But but you're talking about, like, you know, in terms of wins, in terms of money, in terms of overall skill. Like, yeah, there was Tiger and then there was everybody else. But the gap from Tiger to Phil was about the same size as the gap from Phil to the rest of the field. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I'll give you that one. What do you think it says about the state of Georgia that in the last 10 years – Three teams have made it to the big dance from the state of Georgia. Those three teams, Georgia State, Mercer, and Kennesaw State. Yeah. Has it been over 10 years since Georgia made their run? Yeah. 15. Yeah, oh, I'm getting old. Yeah, you're old, dude. You're uh, very old. Well, we got to get Georgia, Georgia Tech, or Georgia Southern in this fucking tournament at some point. I mean, it's been uh, – Georgia Tech hasn't been there since, what, about 2007? Probably since – since Paul Hewitt was there. That was, well, that was the one, uh, I don't know how big you get into bracket pools, but my freshman year of college was the best picking I ever did. I actually went four for four calling the final four. It was when it was uh, Duke, UConn, Georgia Tech, and I believe the other one was Oklahoma State. Oh, that sounds right. It might have been my It was the year that St. Joe's was on fire because they just had, uh, oh man, I forget their names. Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. Jameer Nelson and, uh, yeah, Delonte West, yeah. And they just made about 73s per game, and Oklahoma State finally cut them down. Yeah, and Delonte West did not have sex with LeBron James's mom. So don't Hmm. think that. Allegedly. Allegedly did not. Yeah, the only other time I ever won a bracket pool was the time that I put the least amount into it. It was in uh, 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 2015 because I did not have time to fill out a bracket because I got married the week that the tournament started. And then I just watched uh, over my wedding weekend. And then the next week when I went on my honeymoon, as I correctly called that Kentucky would not go undefeated and predicted Duke beating Wisconsin in the final. Mike, we messed up here, dude. We did something that we got to correct before we sign off. Uh Uh-oh. We have to, I can't believe that. That it (laughs) results. I can't believe that Valvano's Wolfpack team didn't make in any of our picks, and then we left him off the honorable Minchies as well. 
I mean, you like neglecting copyright infringement. You can play the speech at the end of this episode. And we'll see you guys for episode 154. Until then, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 
and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282.